I'm assuming if you're here, you're done with shopping? Ah, the laughter says no. Okay, you're stressed out right now. I'll be quick. <laughs> um, yep, we are uh, kind of finishing up our series called A Story That Doesn't Make Sense. It's, a, it's kind of our gearing up to Christmas, but uh, Christmas uh, has a lot of questions. When you look at the story, and we've answered some of those questions. How are you guys doing, by the way? I am Pastor Tom. I am the pastor of the Huimani, Huimani campus. It's a, new, it's a new campus other than the Ohuimanu campus. Uh, but we are finishing up our Advent series, and tomorrow is Christmas Eve! So you're probably going to see me twice, because I will be up there preaching and stuff, and me and Carl are going to do a kind of a duo thing. Uh, but we're finishing up the Advent series, and we're going to ask one more question, and it's why does God use unqualified people? Because if you actually look at the Christmas story, there's tons of them. There's, I mean, almost every character is like, why are you in this story? Why are you qualified to do this? And who, who do you think you are? And prime example is Mary. Mary was a teenage girl, pregnant, unmarried, unqualified. How many of you guys would say that, right? You would think, why would God use her? And I want to say one thing very proudly, God used her. And he got all the glory for it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And um, let's, let's, let's kind of have a little poll here. How many of you guys have ever felt like that? Like you're unqualified or you're, uh, you know, you don't have the stuff to do what, you know, for your job. Or you just, come on, come on let's, let's see some hands, right? Can I just say that's the story of my life? Um, I'm 5'2". <laughs> and that means I'm 5'1 and 3 fourths, and I'm rounding up. That's because I'm trying to... <laughs> be taller. And you know, I've been vertically challenged all my life. And um, there's been things that, man, I just feel inadequate, uh, inadequate or un, I can't, I can't unqualify. But there are, there are pluses. And, and don't get me wrong. Don't please don't like, oh, poor Tom. I'm so, I'm so sad that you're short. Don't please don't see him at the door. I'm okay with being a shrimp. I'm okay. I've dealt with it. God has healed my heart on that. Okay. Um, I can fit in tighter barrels surfing. Um, you know, if anybody wants, you get something stuck under the sofa, I'm there, you know? Uh, uh, <laughs> sneaking on base, I've been put in the trunk. Come on, right? They can hide me very well. Um, but in other things, there's uh, team sports just don't work for me, like basketball. My, my dad signed me up for basketball once when I was like, you know, sixth grade. I was in the third string because there was two guys in the third string and they didn't want to use me. And the last day, the last game of the season, they actually made a play for me because I didn't score all season. So they put all the big guys to block off all the rest of the other guys. So they like made me a lane <laughs> so that I can actually score a basket. They made it specially for me. Uh, took me out of the third string, you know, it's like, man, I'm the secret weapon. And, um, um, and here's, here's the cool thing. I think I'm pretty qualified for the job I'm doing now. I'm preaching to you guys, and I've been doing it, doing it a while. And, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy me. <laughs> um, but here's, here's the one thing that I love about my job that I feel like I'm completely unqualified for. It's doing baptisms. Let me, let me tell you why. I'm, a, I'm completely terrified of doing baptisms with just one other person because baptism is a beautiful symbolic act of someone going into the water and bringing them up. They're dying to their old self and they're coming, uh, uh, coming up a new creation. But there's times when I've baptized people, I'm like, I don't know if I'm, can, I can bring them back up. 
This is some big guys right here. I'm just like, I'm praying for them. Lord Jesus, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And please, Lord, give me strength. Come on, you know? I always need that third backup guy, and I always feel unqualified. And you know what? I know that's really, really funny, but a lot of us feel that way, don't we? When it comes to our job, when it comes to parenting, man, I feel like that a lot. When it comes to even just being married, when it comes to doing what God wants us to do, I think, I think, man, God is such a great God, but he asks us to do some uncomfortable things, amen? Things that we when, we, when he tells us to do it, we're like, I can't do that, God, I'm unqualified. And, and if you've ever felt that way, um, I have some good news. God loves that. He absolutely loves it, and he absolutely wants to use you. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26, it says this. And this says it all. Apostle Paul writes, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the, uh, the world... Uh, where, where am I? Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And we chose... And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Isn't that cool? That God wants to use the foolish to shame the powerful. He wants to, he wants to use the, the people that were considered nothing to shame the people that think they're important. Bottom line is God purposely, right? If you're going to walk out and know anything, God purposely uses unqualified people to do extraordinary things. Can I get an amen for that? Yes. Can I make it personal that God wants, purposely is going to use you because we're, we're all unqualified in some degree. He's going to use you to do great and extraordinary things in his name. And, and as we look at the Christmas story, it's, I mean, it, it proves it, right? Like, like I said, Mary was a teenager, was pregnant, unmarried. She's unqualified. And you know what? She knew it. She absolutely knew she was unqualified. Why? It's actually written. Um, how many guys, oh man, enjoyed Pastor Carl's sermon about chee-hoo, right? Can I get a chee-hoo from everybody right now? We're chee-hooing for Jesus, right? And, and the whole thing was when um, Mary... Uh, went to go visit Elizabeth, and she was praying with John the Baptist, and John's like, whoa, what's up? What's going on? And Elizabeth went, chee You're going to be the mother of the Savior, the Messiah. And the most awesome thing is, after that, Mary, if you know the whole story, busted into a song, right? I mean, either, it, I'm not sure if she sang or just read a poem, but she went all artsy-fartsy on Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth went, chee and Mary just starts singing a song. They call it the Magnificent. That's what they, I don't know if anybody Catholic here, they know that. And this is kind of the song that she started singing. And it says this in Luke 1, chapter 46. And she said this, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Check this out. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will, be call, will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. I love that. 
Elizabeth was, was stoked. She was chihuing Mary. Mary was stoked. Why? It says it right there. Because God took notice of me. God, not just of me. She says, God took notice of a lowly servant girl. I think that says so much. I mean, we can really just chew on that and then try to apply that to yourself. Because I want to say one thing. I want to stop right here. And I want to say this. God notices you. You might not believe it right now, but God sees you. Maybe people are ignoring you like they ignored Mary. Ah, that lowly servant girl, she's going to amount to nothing. Guess what? She's going to be the mother of the Messiah in all of history, okay? God notices you. God sees you, right? Maybe on the surface, maybe in in the abilities that you have right now, people are writing you off. But God sees deeper, and he sees under the layer of just the appearance, amen? He knows what you can do. Why? Because he created you. He he wonderfully made you complex. And he knows the glory. When when you touch his glory, he knows that the glory that you can can achieve too through him. Amen? He sees that. He sees you. He notices you. He noticed Mary. And he used her to change history. Right? Go on with the rest of the story. Right? There's Joseph. Who is Joseph? Anybody know know the story? Right? You, You saw the, right? Joseph is is the fiancé of Mary. He was a simple, small-town carpenter, right? Nobody. And how is this? You know what made it worse? His fiancé, girlfriend, not his wife, was pregnant, which means everybody was was questioning his integrity, right? So he had to to deal with that. That's, you're unqualified. No way. God's not going to use you. Man, you, you made your girlfriend pregnant. What's going on? Then there was Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? The, uh, we just talked about them, the, the mother uh, and father of, of John the Baptist. You know what made them unqualified? They were old. <laughs> they were unqualified to be parents. They were just stinking old. That was it, right? But they gave birth. God used them. How about this? The shepherds. The shepherds. Why did the angels... Actually, I remember when... When, uh, when Carl was teaching, right, it wasn't just the a- angel, it was the host, it was actually the armies of God, you guys remember that? The armies of God, because I really see the coming of Jesus, yeah, it's a great warm, fuzzy story, but it also was an invasion. God came to fight, God came to conquer the S- Satan's kingdom, amen? And so the angel and the armies, uh, angel armies showed up, and they showed up to shepherds. Why didn't they show up to another army, an earthly army? Why didn't they show up to the king? Why didn't they show up to the priests? Why didn't they show up to the government officials? But they showed up with the shepherds. And the shepherds in that day were considered the the lowest of the low as far as status was concerned. They were dirty. They had to pick up poop. Right? They were uneducated. They, by definition, in that day, were unqualified. What about the wise men? You're thinking, Oh, they're qualified. They were wise. Um, here's, the, here's the way they were unqualified. They weren't even Jewish. You guys realize that in the story? That they were actually foreigners? And maybe it not, might not be a big deal now, but back then, the Jewish considered, what, what did they consider themselves? They were the, the, they were the chosen people of God. And they took pride in that. 
And, and, the, and the prophecies about the Messiah, the coming Savior, the coming King, was all for them. They're like, yep, we're going to, out of our lineage, out of our people is going to come this great Messiah. Well, who came to worship the Messiah? People that weren't even part of this promise, according to them, right? They were non-Jews. They were foreigners. That made them unqualified. That, like, no, you don't talk to my Messiah, you don't get to have him. The Messiah is ours. God is ours. We are God's chosen people. They were unqualified. How's this? Here's one I think that, uh, that we spotted this week that I, I love, the fact that the writer of the Christmas story, there's two, right? But most of the story that we know that we call Christmas, you know, with the manger and the inn and the, the shepherds and, and the whole story was written by this guy named Luke. It's in the, in the gospel of Luke. He also wrote the book of Acts. And here's an interesting thing, and I, I think we all are guilty of this, right? Was Luke a disciple? No. You guys are smart. No, he wasn't. I thought he was for a long time because he's, he wrote the gospel. Come on, he has to be a disciple. He's not even a disciple. He was a, a travel companion, a missionary companion with Paul. And most of the indicators state that he actually wasn't even Jewish. How's that? that he was a Gentile, that he was a foreigner just like those wise men, which is really, really interesting because he's the only Gentile in all of the New Testament that was an author. Is that cool? And because he wrote Luke and Acts, this means he wrote uh, more word for word, more uh, quantity of the New Testament than Paul did which means there was a Gentile that tops the list as the writer of the Bible of the New Testament. Come on, unqualified? Isn't that cool? Okay, you guys aren't excited enough. Well, and because of that, I have to bust this video on you because throughout the Bible, not just in the Christmas story, God has used unqualified people to do great things. Check this out. Think God can't use you? Think he only uses perfectly qualified people? Take a closer look. Moses was not a great speaker. Jonah ran from God. Jacob was a liar. Noah got drunk. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jeremiah was depressed a lot. Solomon was rich in wisdom, but poor in lifestyle. John the Baptist was just plain poor. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was dead. Sarah was barren. Naomi was a widow. Gideon and Thomas both doubted, and so did Sarah. Peter lacked self-control. James and John were self-righteous. Paul had a short fuse. Well, so did Peter and Moses. Actually, lots of people did. God's army isn't perfect. It never has been. It's the march of the unqualified. Get in line. That's right, let's get in line, amen? amen. 
you know what the cool thing about it is? We're in good company. <laughs> because I know a lot of us, man, yeah, uh, we, 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 we hear the voices of insecurity and un- unworthiness. And we sit and, and God calls us to do something. And we can't, I can't do that, Lord. I can't, I can't do that, Lord. But the one thing I want to encourage you is get in line. Start off way in the beginning, right? On the first believers, the first people to follow Jesus, they were messed up. But God redeemed them, amen? God used their weakness and showed his power. And that's actually the first point I want, I, I want to uh, show you guys is why does God use unqualified people? It's because God uses your weakness to display his power. That God uses your weaknesses. That's, that's a weird, really odd thing. He uses your weaknesses to display his glory so that he gets the credit. That he, he's, that it's, it's the juxtaposition of the lowly servant girl and the mother of the Messiah. Amen? Is that God gets the glory and he wants to use your weakness to display his power in it. How many guys remember the sto- uh, what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in Corinthians? Um, he wrote about this thorn in his side. And we don't know what this thorn in, in his side was, but he, it was something that hindered his, his ministry. It hindered his capability to do his job the way he wanted to. And so he was writing in his letter, he was saying, I prayed to God to take this thorn in my side. It was just a metaphor for something. Take this thorn in my side away. And he prayed to God a number of times, and God didn't take it away. And actually, Jesus answered him. And it says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it says this. And I love, this is to me, this is to me one of the greatest verses in the whole Bible. Each time I pray, this is Paul saying, each time Jesus said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Man, can I get an amen for that? Amen. that? That in my weakness, God's power works best. And here's something that you got to get, and I think we really, really got to get this as a church, is that God doesn't use you despite your weaknesses. He works best in it, amen? amen. And what, what I mean by that is so, so many of us think God's going, okay, I'm looking at you, you're messed up, you're unqualified, you can't do it, you don't have the right gifting, but you know what, I'm going to use you anyway. That we think God's going to use us despite the fact that we have weaknesses. This, this verse says something else. This verse says he's going to, he, he works best in it, amen? That he's going to use your weaknesses and use it for his glory, and he's going to be actually even more glorified in the process. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I really, really, really learned this lesson, and when I found out how this really works, it's just when I consider myself unqualified or inadequate and unworthy, you know, the best thing I can do is really depend on the Lord, you know? Really just absolutely cling to Him and have an attitude of, I can't do this without you. And it's this attitude that, um, that I'm qualified by his grace, not my gifting. You guys get that? That I'm, I'm qualified by his grace. What is grace? His undeserved favor on my life. 
That, 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 that qualifies me. Not the fact that I'm tom-tom, charismatic, funny, you know, athletic, <laughs> you know, 5'2", but powerful, you know. I, I, and you know what, I, I, I can boast about those things that I can play music and I can do these things, I can stand on the stage and, and communicate fairly well. Okay, that's, I believe that those are God's gifts to me, but at the same time, I don't rely on those things. I rely on his grace, amen? I rely on the fact that I am saved, that I, am, I actually am unqualified, that I do have weaknesses. And if I embrace that, he's going to shine even that much greater. And you know how I, you know how I learned this lesson? And, you know, I, I, I was the junior high pastor at the time. And by, by that point in my ministry career, I was, you know, I learned how to lead worship. I learned how to preach the word. I learned how to do small groups really well. I, know how, I knew how to build teams. And there was a point in my life where when I was leading worship or I was preaching, I was, I was saying to myself, I'm pretty good. I, people like me, <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, Tom, Tom, that was good. Oh, that worship you Oh, thank you so much, you know? And I, and, I, and I began to tell myself, rightfully, rightfully so, I am qualified. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years. But there was also a time where, I'm going to be honest with you, I was con- uh, and I'll confess to you that, that I like the glory of that, that people are going, Tom, that was a good word. Tom, that, thank you for leading me into pretty good worship. And, and I was basically stealing the glory from the Lord. And I was, I was enjoying the glory for myself. But then what happened was my world got turned around, something went tragic, and I hit rock bottom. Anybody with me on that one? Man, I hit rock bottom. And I cried out to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you're the only thing I have. And, and actually, there was a point where I wanted to quit. I really just wanted to drop everything. I'm like, all that years of ministry and all that, all that experience I had, I was ready to drop it out of hat and just go away because I was unqualified, unworthy, and there's no way I could come back. Well, God had different plans, and he told me, nope, you're not going anywhere. You're still going to stick in ministry. And so I did, I did it faithfully, and I, and I stuck to it, and I stayed here. But, I, but I, to myself, I was saying, I, I, I'm unqualified. I can't do this. I am unworthy. There's, there's no way. But can I just tell you, in those, the weakest times when that happened to me, when my world was turned around, can I just admit to you guys that I experienced the power the greatest that I've ever had? That was, it was in my weakest times where in my personal life, God was displayed the most. And I don't wish those times on anyone, but I cherish those times. I cherish that time in my life when where I was at the lowest of my low and I saw God come in power like I've never seen him come before. That's good. And can I tell you, when I did finally get back on stage, when I said, okay, okay, I'll do it, and I'll preach the word, or I led worship, you know what happened? Worship was better than it was before. My preaching was better than I ever preached. And you know why? It, it wasn't me getting better. It was God's power working through me. Are you guys hearing me? I realized that. I realized that, and... and it, in right now, it changed me, even up to this point where, you know what, I still say that, you know, I said that before I came up there, Lord, I can't do this without you, because before, I was like, God, I can do this, you can take a break, because I'm good, you know, now I'm like, I'm all straight dependence, 
I'm, I'm like, I need you, Holy Spirit. You got to speak through me. Yeah, I have some gifts, but you, you are the one. Your grace is sufficient for me, which means you're going to take, take this teaching to another level. You're going to take whatever I do to another level because it's going to be marked by your Holy Spirit and your power. Because I want him, I want him displayed. And you know what the, the most awesome, all that yearning for acceptance and compliments, and that's great and all, but you know what? Nothing beats God getting all the glory. I, I, I'm going to tell you straight out, it's like, it's, it, it makes me alive. It makes me like, I want to do this more. I, I feel so much more satisfied in my ministry when I'm not, and I'm not just saying this in humility. I'm just saying it works. When God gets the glory, it's all good. And I don't want to go, I don't want to go back. Amen. Um, and so maybe some of you guys, you guys are, are thinking, man, and think about it right now. Just stop where you are. Think about your life. What do you do? Maybe you're a father, uh, uh, maybe you're a husband, a wife, a worker, or a, a student. What are you doing? And I'm sure at some point you're thinking, man, can I even do this? Can, am I even qualified to do this? Maybe the Lord has, maybe you're jumped into ministry and going, what am I doing here? I dare you guys to join junior high ministry because you're going to think that, right? They're like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know? And you're thinking you're unqualified. Can I say one thing? Great! Good for you. I'm not, I'm not saying a joke. I'm like, I'm glad you're there. Why? Because you, you know what your next step should be? Depend and rely and lean on the Lord. Amen. In, in your weakness, in your inadequacy. Don't wallow in, oh, I suck and I can't do it. Now is your opportunity to go, okay, I can't do it, but I can do it with you, God. I, can, I can't do it without you, God. And now lean, lean into him. Depend on him. And see what happens. Yeah, that's your next step. Yeah, if you feel that way, awesome. Now's your opportunity to cling unto the Lord and it's gonna come through and display his power like you've never seen before. The second thing why God loves to use um, unqualified people is that God takes your faults to build your future. God takes your faults to build your future. I wanna read, actually I wanna read Mary's response again. Um, her song that she started singing, Luke 1. And uh, let's go to 48. It says this, for, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. I read that before, right? God notices you. God noticed Mary, this lowly servant girl. God took notice of her and, and used her. But look what she says right after that. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Can I tell you? You have to put this in perspective. This is Mary before anything, this is before anything happened. This is before Jesus was born. This is, nothing happened yet. The world wasn't changed. 2,000 year, years later, we can go, wow, oh my gosh, G Mary was awesome. Everything that happened was awesome, but she didn't know. But now she's saying, you know what? Now that you took notice of this lowly servant girl, I know for generations, they're going to call me blessed. They're going to talk about me. And you know what? She was right. Why? Because we're talking about her right now. And we're saying she was blessed by the Lord. We're doing it. She prophetically proclaimed it, and we're doing it right now. She's blessed by the Lord. And um, Jesus changed her whole life. Jesus, God took a hold of her, saw that lowly servant girl, and took a hold of her, and it transformed her, and it changed her future. And, and what I'm saying to you guys in all of this is if you actually give your weaknesses and give your faults and give your inadequacies to the Lord 
and, and allow him to transform you, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to change your future. He's going to change your future. He's going to change your decisions that you're going to make because you've handed like, you know what? You own that you're weak. I love the, what Paul, what did Paul say? Now I boast in my weakness. I boast in why? Because that's when God, God's power works through me. I'm going to boast about it. You guys hearing me? That's cool that he's going he's gonna to build your, your life is going to be changed. Actually, our, our graphics person, Danielle, our new graphics person, Danielle, um, we were talking about the sermon, and she actually showed me this bowl. Can I show you this bowl? You guys see this bowl? Hey, my wife is totally into ceramics, so she's going to love this. This is for you, honey. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, this is Japanese, and I'm going to probably butcher this. This is called Kintsukuroi. Well, I said that pretty good. Like Um And here's a definition of kintsukuroi. This is like a process of, of ceramics, and it literally means to repair with gold. Uh, the art of repairing pottery with gold or silver lacquer and understanding, get this, understanding that the piece is more beautiful for having been broken. That's cool, right? So, so basically, there's this beautiful bowl, and it's like, oh, awesome. Maybe he's in the family heirloom, whatever. Someone knocks it over the table, and it breaks. And then someone says, Kutsumusoroi. I, I, I said that wrong. <laughs> and they're like, yes, let's Kutsumusoroi this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they take the broken pieces. They infuse it with gold. They put it back together. And it's with the heart that they're going to make it beautiful than it, more beautiful than it was before. Don't you think the Lord does that in our lives? Isn't that what he does? In our broken, messed up, inadequate, unqualified lives that we have, we're broken. Sin is broken. It has broken us. Satan wants to break us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. And he's, he's, he's been relentless at it. And we're broken. And Jesus comes along. That's what we're celebrating in this birth. Jesus comes along and makes a way to, to pick up the pieces, infuse his blood in it, cover it with grace, and make us way more beautiful than we were before. He's building your future, not despite your faults, like I said before, with your faults, with your brokenness. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, isn't that awesome that he's, he's doing that in our lives, that that he's taking what looked bad and make it beautiful, which means to me, our scars, whatever we have that God has healed us from, all, all it does is proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. All it does is proclaim the glory and the grace of the cross. I want to show you a clip. And... Um, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you this clip that kind of, kind of puts my point home. And uh, it's from the uh, the movie School of Rock. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. If you're not if you're not in the pottery, you're going to like this. Okay. Cool. Mr. Snibley. Yeah. Hey, what's up? I don't think I should be in the band. Why not? I'm not cool enough. People in bands are cool. I'm not cool. Dude, you are cool. The way you play. What, why do you say you're not cool? Nobody ever talks to me. Well, those days are over, buddy. 
because you could be the ugliest sad sack on the planet, but if you're in a rockin' band, you're the cat's pajamas, man. You're the bee's knees. Bee's knees? Yeah, the bee's knees. You're, the, you're gonna be the most popular guy in school, trust me. Okay, I'll do it. Now listen, this is a big commitment now. You don't just say yes if you're gonna flake out later. I won't. Larry, welcome to my world. Boom. Okay. Boom, a couple okay. of these. Now here. Okay. Now give me a platform. Let's rock, let's rock today. Now do it to me. Let's rock, let's rock today. That's good. Slap it. Shoot it. Kaboot it. We're gonna work on that some more later. It's a very long shake. Get going. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know the story, basically he was recruiting him for the band. He's like, I'm not cool. And I love that line. You could be the ugliest sad sack in the world, but if you join a rockin' band, right? And um, I, I, I love that because here's the thing. You might, you might be the most unqualified sad sack in the world. But God wants you in his band. Come on, yeah, come on. God wants you in his band. He's gonna, he's gonna make you cool, you know? Um, and I think that is so good because I, I just feel like that's what God does in my life, that, um, that when, I, when, I, when I joined his band, when I joined in what God was doing in my life, and I, and I, and I, and I took all the excuses away. And I, you know what, I hope I took all the excuses away from you. All the excuses that kept you from walking with God or walking in his plan in your life. I hope I, hope I took all that away. And, and here, here's the thing. I know, I, I, I hope that doesn't sound sacrilegious, but I, I almost feel like God is Jack Black. And, and he's asking you, give me the platform, right? And he's looking at you and going, I don't care. I don't care what you've done. I don't care about your past. I don't care about your inadequacies. I don't care about what you think about yourself. Dude, let's rock. Let's rock today. Let's do this. You know? And I think he's saying that to you. Going, you know what? Come, jump in my plan. I got so much great things for you. I'm going to, seriously, I can, broke, I can pick up your broken pieces. I can infuse it with my blood and cover up my grace. And you're going to be a billboard of my love and my power. And you know what? You're going to have an incredible future. And generations upon generations are going to call you blessed. I don't know about you, but I want that. Come on, are we? Let's join God's band, right? Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, I... You know, there's so many things in your economy it doesn't make sense. I mean, we talked about a story that doesn't make sense, but you don't make sense. I don't, there's so many things going, that seems opposite. That seems like it won't work. It seems like it's not wise. But when I look at you using unqualified people, it's a win-win. You win because you get glorified. We win because we get to be a part of something glorious and it changes us. It transforms us. It makes us even better than we were before. Actually, I think it's a win-win-win because when people see the scars 
and the things that you healed us from and, and the glorious things that you've allowed us to be a part of that has given you all the glory, it just attracts people to you and it builds your kingdom. And when I think about that, I just give you all the glory, God. I, I am like Mary going, you have took notice of me and you have changed my life and you get all the glory for it, God. I praise you and I thank you for that. I thank you for this Christmas season. I thank you for the things that you're doing in our lives. And I pray that you would do more, God. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to just want to give an opportunity for anyone here to say yes to the Lord. And saying yes to the Lord is acknowledging the reason why Jesus came, the reason we celebrate Christmas. Christmas means uh, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But it is when Jesus grew up and started his ministry that the whole plan was for him to lay his life down. They didn't like what he said, so they killed him. They put him on the cross, they beat him, they tortured him, and they willingly decided to do that for all of us. He decided to do it for you. He hung on the cross and shed his blood for the very reason of saving your life, of forgiving you, so that he can have a relationship with you, that you can be reconciled with God. And when you say yes to the Lord, really what you're saying is, is that I want to be an adopted child of God. I want to come into the kingdom. I want to know Jesus. And you will know freedom and life life here on earth and eternal, eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Simply by saying yes to Jesus, Jesus, I believe in what you did. I'm going to say a prayer with anyone here that wants to say yes to Jesus this evening. And maybe this is a rededication. Maybe it's a re-yes. Maybe you said a, a prayer similar to this a while back and maybe you kind of fell away a little bit and you want to rededicate your life. Well, you know what? A yes is a yes, Amen. And if you want to say yes to him, go, Jesus, I make you my Lord and my Savior, and I make you my friend tonight. I encourage you to do that, because you know why? He's going to pick your, the broken pieces of your life, and he's going to make it so much better than you had it before. It's going to be beautiful. That's what Jesus does. So if you want that tonight, I'm going to say a prayer, but I, I ask that you tell me first. I'm going to count to three, and all I ask is on three. You just raise your hand, and by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor Tom, I want to say yes to Jesus tonight. So here we go. Raise your hand high, so I want to give a count. One, two, three. Anybody here? All right, let, keep your hands up. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Anybody else? 17, I, I counted 17, awesome. Another 18, there you go. Another one, I go 19, awesome. Hands are going up left and right. Awesome, anybody else? <laughs> I think there was another one, Tammy's like, okay, there's more, it's popping up, they're all okay. But I, do we do, we hit two zero. 20, awesome. Praise the Lord. Put your hands down, put your hands down. You know what, congratulations, right before celebrating, this is gonna be the best Christmas ever for you. Can I say that? because you get to celebrate your Savior coming to save you as you, be, as you say yes to him this, this evening. So why don't you just bow your heads and under your breath,
just quietly, just hitchhike off of my words and say this to Jesus like you're saying a prayer to him, him uh, yourself. Jesus, I come to you and I say yes. What I say yes to is, is that I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you bled, you were beaten. You suffered unimaginable things and you did it willingly for me so that, and I don't understand it, but I accept it, that you, you could forgive me so that I could be set free of my sin in my life that I can start this new life abundant with you, that you're gonna, you're gonna fix me up and heal me and restore me. And you have this incredible plan ahead of me and I want, I want that, Lord. And I believe that you rose again from the, th the grave three days later and, and in one weekend you conquered sin and death in my life. That sin it has no power over me and death has no power and that when I pass from this earth, I can see you from in, in heaven face to face and say thank you so much. Lord, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Most awesome thing is I can talk to you like my friend. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we all say amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand. Hey, uh, man, congratulations. You know what, man? I'm excited for you guys. Come on. Right before Christmas. Right before Christmas.